Hello and welcome to Stick Together, Australia's only national radio show all about workers' rights and social justice. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcasts to you around the country on Community Radio Network. I'm Dennis Robichuk. Last night's budget has delivered what many of us have been fearing and expecting from the Turnbull government, keeping in place the politics of austerity of his arch-right predecessor, while throwing in some of his own. This includes the continuous cuts to Medicare, including extra payments for x-rays, blood tests, ultrasounds, and pap smears. $54.1 billion will still be cut from the budget for hospital funding, while a similar amount of money is also being slashed from the Gonski funding for school education. There goes another broken promise by the coalition. On the issue of tertiary education, the government has refused to rule out the possibility of $100,000 university degrees, although fee deregulation appears to be off the table for the near future. All the comrades in the student movement deserve a massive pat on the back for that. However, it looks like we will still need to fight against the $4.7 billion of funding cuts to university funding. On jobs and growth, the main tagline of the current version of the coalition government, there are some very bad news for young people. From April 1st new, uh, next year, New start allowances now carry the added bonus of working for as little as $4 an hour at specially designed three-stage job programs. And on the issue of tax, the big corporations are set to continue their tax-evading operations, while those earning under $80,000 will still get nothing but further cuts. Let us keep all of this in mind as we mobilize in the prelude to July 2nd. Uh, thanks to Jed Carney and the ACTU for giving us a rough overview of this information. Moving on now. On the weekend, the workers of the world united in celebration of May Day and the continuous fight of organized labor against wage slavery and exploitation. It was on this day, May 1st, 1886, when 300,000 workers put down their tools and went on a national strike across the United States under the banner of eight hours work, eight hours rest, and eight hours recreation, Chicago was the epicenter of the struggle with over 40,000 workers going on strike. And just like many modern-day industrial actions, this one was eventually met with brutal repression by authorities of the state. Haymarket Massacre is perhaps the most well-known episode of this. When thousands of workers gathered on May 4th, at Haymarket Square in Chicago to protest the killings of their comrades the day before. The peaceful protest was interrupted by an unknown individual throwing a bomb towards the police lines, resulting in a brutal dispersal of the protests, with at least four workers dead, more than 70 injured and over 100 arrested. Subsequently, seven anarchists were made scapegoats for the tragedy and charged with making the bomb four eventually being hanged for their alleged crimes, and three others serving prison sentences. So on this day it is worth remembering that the eight-hour working day was not simply a measure introduced to quell the rising workers' uh, discontent. It was the biggest part of the workers' struggle across the world, a struggle for which many workers made the ultimate sacrifice. In Australia, this year's May Day was particularly important 
in light of the upcoming federal election on July 2nd and the federal government's repeated attempts at criminalizing the union movement through the Union Royal Commission and the repeated attempts at passing the ABCC legislation. Over 8,000 were gathered in Sydney, with the union's New South Wales secretary, Mark Morey, stating that the upcoming election represented the opportunity for workers to vote on the issues like corporate tax avoidance, workplace rights and privatization of Medicare. In Fremantle, the May Day rally was attended by over 4,000 workers and their families. In Melbourne, the rally was attended by just over 2,000, while in Brisbane, over 15,000 gathered to march in a mammoth rally led by the CFMEU and the Queensland Council of Unions. Around the world, rallies to celebrate workers' power brought together millions of people in countries like India, Turkey, Cuba. In France, the mass rally of workers served as yet another flashpoint in the people's struggle against the proposed labor reforms of the Hollande government. Over 70,000 gathered in Paris to march on Workers' Day before being stopped and cordoned off by the riot police, resulting in violent clashes. In Istanbul, the mass rally of workers was met with over 24,000 policemen, at one point resulting in a particularly violent repression, with one protester dying after being run over by a police water truck. In Cuba and Venezuela, where workers do not have to fear the repression of a private army of corporate-backed police, the May Day rallies drew hundreds of thousands of attendees, defending the gains of their respective revolutions, continuing to improve the lives of the workers, and, in the case of Venezuela, continuing to fight against the economic war and crisis imposed by the nation's oligarchy were at the top of the agenda. For the rest of our show... We have prepared snippets of conversations with several rank-and-file comrades across the board, from unions, environmental groups, social organizations, and anti-corporate struggles. These were taken during the May Day March in Melbourne on Sunday, May the 1st. Joining us us now is Sherry Huang, the organizer for National Union of Workers, who has been active in organizing students and young people from Hong Kong and Taiwan around the issue of backpackers being taxed at 32% on the dollar. Uh, Sherry, could you tell us about that uh, campaign that you're organizing? Because uh, since uh, 1975, uh, Australian government uh, uh, agreed with uh, overseas young worker coming in and then doing uh, some backpacker stuff. But since then, we find out recently a lot of uh, people being underpaying, exported in, the, in a lot of industry. So that's why we against the we ask the government to protect all the backpackers and then also arrange some good policy to protect all the backpackers. However, last year we've been organizing the ABC Four Corners stuff and then we find out a lot of, really a lot of backpackers been living in the very poor working conditions. However, since then ATO say, okay, we are the only one didn't earn any money from backpackers. So that's why they raised off the 32.5% tax. So basically what you're saying what's happening now is that the the backpackers, workers who are being ex- uh, that are being exploited, like on, on the farms and living in uh, really some cases atrocious conditions, are now also being taxed so high. Yes, 
Wow. Of course, because uh, you say you can see all the big city like uh, Melbourne CBD. You can just walk into the, any restaurant, ask them how much money you earn in an hour. They will tell you eight dollars, nine dollars, even ten dollars.、Mm-hmm. And then in, also, if we if the government raises up the tax, that means all the backpackers gonna do all the cashing hand job.、Mm-hmm. So, what kind of activities have you been doing?、Um, well, here in Australia, but、uh, but but also. In the countries where the students come from, so Hong Kong and Taiwan, have there been、uh, any success in organizing them? Yes, because、uh, Taiwanese、uh, TY, we also call the Taiwanese Working Harder Youth. It's already combined with、uh, merged with、um, Hong Kong HKY and then Korean KOY. And then for this tax issue, we again we, we really strongly against with this issue. So we not only.、Uh, um, Getting people from Melbourne, Sydney, but also in Taipei and Hong Kong. So if so, if there are any、um, any any students or young people coming in here from places like China or Hong Kong or, or Taiwan,、uh, what would be the best thing for them to do? You know, to make sure they not get they do not get exploited. Yeah. Uh, first thing I think the main thing is understand you're working right here, and that's why what TY's blog all about. We、uh, translate a lot of pieces into、uh, Mandarin English, and then Mandarin、uh, from English to Mandarin. And in that case, people can understand what sort of、uh, rights they got, and then、uh, focusing on yeah their working issue. Wonderful, Sherry. Thank you so much. Now we have with us Owen Bennett, the president of the Unemployed Workers Union of Australia.、Uh, Owen, tell us how has how's the campaign against work,、uh, work for Dole、uh, been going lately? It's very exciting right now, Dennis.、Uh, for the first time in decades, the trade union movement are actually campaigning strongly against work for the Dole, and、um, it, it looks like that it's going to be a campaign that's going to be run for several months and. Quite strongly, and it, it all started、um, last Tuesday with the death of, a, of an 18-year-old worker at his work for the Dole site. So we're really trying to build on this momentum, and hopefully, this is just the beginning of the cooperation between unemployed workers and employed workers trying to fight for the rights and dignity of unemployed workers more generally.、Yeah. And we also we also certainly seen、um, a lot of these attempts right across the board. You know,、uh, other unions like the NEW have really been campaigning against the the, the wage slavery of the immig- of the immigrant、uh, workers. And、um, yeah, sort of with the with the unemployed workers uh, uh, doing a lot of action. They, f- they feel like it really makes this an election issue as well.、So、it seems like we're going into the early election、uh, now on July second. Well, that's exactly the plan. I mean, I think th- that's the direction we need to start heading in and. But we need to do so much more than that. I mean, like when you have a look at the papers about the reaction to the work for the Dole death, not one really mainstream paper has covered this this death in in any、uh, real real detail. So we have to just keep on hammering the issue until they can't help but, but cover these issues because they're they're really going to not going to go out of their way to to cover any of this sort of stuff. So it's 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 a real challenge to really. Make sure this stuff is covered. Yes, and it certainly touches, also touches upon the issue of work safety、uh, across the board. As we've seen, we've seen sort of more more deaths at construction sites, 
and um, more more, more um, attempts being made to criminalize the CFMU. We also see that this is uh, the two issues are also sort of uh, uh, joined together. They have a lot of common ground. That's right. That's basically what we're trying to do, Dennis. We're trying to link together the struggles of unemployed workers and the struggles of employed workers, and really inform people that any attacks on unemployed and underemployed workers are attacks on employed workers too. Thank you so much, Owen, for the, for this. Yeah. Thanks, Dennis. Joining us now is Sam Castro, the TPP spokesperson for Friends of the Earth. Uh, Sam, welcome back to Sticking Together. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Now, Sam, there was recently a quite a quite a successful um, meeting over in the Melbourne tra- Melbourne Town Hall about the need to organise against the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement, and today is May Day. So, I think, how do you think we can tie the workers' struggle together with the struggle against free trade agreements on Australia and the rest of the world? Well, as we all know, it's thanks to the struggles of union members that we have an eight-hour working day, that we have penalty rates, that we have minimum wage, all of those things that hold a base together for people to survive, basically, in a capitalist system. Uh, So the TPP is the largest trade agreement in history, and it absolutely threatens workers' rights, it threatens our environment, it threatens our health and occupational uh, standards. It threatens everything that we hold dear in terms of the victories that have been won for us by union members. Uh, And uh, ultimately, the TPP is the struggle of um, our generation in terms of trades uh, in many levels because it is um, an attempt to dissolve nation-states into corporate regional law, and that can only end badly for workers. Uh, And we must remember that we are the privileged parties in this agreement. There are many developing countries that are um, either in the agreement or being asked to join the agreement around the Pacific Rim. And, um, you know, for workers in Peru or Vietnam or uh, Mexico that are part of this agreement, what this means is that multinational corporations will have the capacity to lock uh, workers into low wages and low health and safety conditions in developing countries uh, to feed corporate greed. So uh, for workers in this country, we must also remember to show solidarity for those that are going to be locked into slavery. Uh, So ultimately, the TPP is everything that uh, unions should be terrified about. And uh, hopefully many of them are now starting to understand the connections between workers' rights and jobs and the environment with uh, impending climate change. Uh, Many of the jobs that uh, workers have, have fought for are not going to exist in the future. And we have to be prepared Uh, to transition out and this really comes down to the age-old battle between corporations and the community uh, and the TPP and the TTIP in Europe uh, smack bang in the middle of that gives uh, corporations, multinational corporations, and for the first time in history, if it goes ahead, US multinational corporations, the right to sue the Australian government if they fear there are trade barriers or barriers to their future profits. So there is no way the government can represent the people and the corporations in this deal. If they sign this agreement, they have pretty much declared war on unions and the community and our environment, and we all know that is going to end extremely badly for us in an era where we need to keep fossil fuels in the ground and rejig every part of our uh, society and technology. Mm, awesome. Thank you, thank you so much uh, for this thing. You're welcome. Tune in to Stick Together, all about workers' rights and social justice.
8.30am Wednesday, 6.30am Thursday, 7am Saturday. Or listen on demand on 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. Welcome back. We're continuing our May Day special reports about the workers' struggles and celebrations in Australia and across the world. Joining us now now is Sue Bolton, the member of the Moreland City Council for Socialist Alliance. Sue, could you tell us more about the work that has been done in Moreland around the issue of of opposing racism and Islamophobia, especially in light of... May Day and the need to and the need to organise work, workers and communities uh, together. Well, we've initiated a Moreland anti-racism rally because we are really concerned about the rise of racism in Australia, and not just the far right, but the but racism in general in the working class, especially in the context of a weak union movement or weaker union movement, and also when we've got uh, a situation of really increasing unemployment, which is much higher than the official figures show, and also a massive housing crisis. So it's a very dangerous combination. And at the moment you can see when you talk to some people that people are thinking, uh, you know, believing all sorts of rubbish that comes out of 3AW, um, as well as rubbish that comes from federal government, about Muslims, about refugees. Some people mouth all sorts of things saying refugees, when they arrive in Australia, get a brand new car straight from the government. You know, and people are believing this and they're feeling so... um, and And people willing to believe it because they're hurting, they're really hurting and they don't know what to do about it and they don't feel they can do anything about it. So we feel that in that context, as well as taking action on economic issues, we wanted to organise a broad community response to racism. And sure, there have been the counter-rallies and those have been important, but we also need a broad community response where people um, can bring their kids and bring a wide range of people to the rally. So we've got something like 28 organisations endorsing our rally, Um, multicultural groups, union groups, interfaith groups, all sorts of groups. And we're hoping for a really big turnout. And it's on the three big issues of racism uh, today, although it's not all of the issues of racism. It'll be about Aboriginal rights and the need for a treaty. Yes. Um, and this is in the context of Moreland Council as a result of a motion I put um, uh, voting for to begin treaty negotiations with the Wurundjeri, the traditional owners, the treatment of refugees and also is no to Islamophobia. So, you know, those are the three main issues we're mobilising people on, Um, although there is also the extra issue of racist policing, and that'll probably get drawn out in one of the speeches at the rally as well. And also on May May Day rally, we've seen quite a lot of of Kurdish groups and quite a uh, big display of solidarity with the Kurdish struggle. Um, Now, how do you think this also ties into May Day? Well, I think it's really important because May Day has always been a day of uh, working class struggle and solidarity in a broad in a broad sense. So, it's you know been about 
basic job rights like wages and hours and right not to be exploited by your boss but it's always been about the broader working class struggle as well like our right to live free of war for example our right to live free of racial oppression of ethnic oppression and the Kurds um, are a very left-wing community Um, most of the Kurds um, here in Australia you know uh, tend to be from um, Turkey uh, or or um, northern Kurdistan um, and they're very they've got a very left-wing outlook mostly and their parties are left-wing uh, in origin. And the same with the Kurds that come from Syria or um, West Kurdistan. And the same, um, I think, with the Kurds from Iran or East Kurdistan. And so it's very fitting that the Kurds are here today. The Kurds have a contingent every year at the May Day March. And here was no different um, because they do see their struggle as being part of the workers' struggle. They also see their struggle as being part of the international struggle for self-determination along with the West Papuans, along with the struggle of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders in Australia. And also they, they're they part of building a um, an alternative society in Rojava uh, or East, uh, West Kurdistan in Syria. Um, where they're trying to build a society that's not based on exploitation, uh, which is open to all, not just Kurds, but all different ethnic groups, language groups, religious groups. Um, And, you know, they're trying to build an alternative society or, or a socialist society. And that's a really important struggle. So it was great that the Kurds were invited to speak at the rally today, the May Day March. It's very fitting. And they have a contingent every single May Day March. They've never missed one since I've been in Melbourne. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, Sue, thank you so much for uh, joining us on Stick Together for this. Thank you. Joining us now is Kevin Bracken, the rank-and-file member of the Maritime Union of Australia and former State Secretary of the Union here in Victoria. Kevin, welcome to Stick Together. Thanks, Dennis. Oh, awesome. Now, uh, Kevin, on this, on, on this, on this special meeting, on this special meeting uh, with the spirit of, uh, inter- with the spirit of international solidarity, uh, could, you, uh, could you tell us more about the, the fight that's been going on all uh, not not just by not by, just by the MUA against Chevron, but also on the issues like the continuous struggle against the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement here in Australia. Yep. Well, they're all related. Exactly. Yeah. And I suppose. Yeah. The um, well, Chevron's um, with their they had the Gorgon project over in Western Australia. I mean, we had the strange ships on the uh, Gorgon project. Yeah, you know, working. They weren't working at full capacity, and when um, Chevron have done, they bought another ship, a foreign ship, a full foreign crew on it as well, and and given them um, sail operating on the on the Gorgon project when there was already more than capacity from the Australian ships that were there then. So there was a few safety issues going on that on that job, and people uh, correctly stopped work to address it. And on that, the uh, Chevron has sued our union for $28 million and it's about, I don't know, $24 million now. But it's nearly more assets than what we've actually got to um, in the whole of the union. But the only reason, there was no reason for them to bring that other ship on except they wanted to cause a dispute and that's what they've done, tied up into, us into a lot of uh, legal battles. But what we've highlighted is that 
Chevron also hasn't paid tax, you know. Mm-hmm. They're, they're on a $60 billion project. They don't get taxed for the first $15 billion that they make of it. So it's outrageous, you know, that not only... Um, they're making money in Australia, but they don't want to pay um, Australian wage conditions mm. for doing that, and they actually deliberately went out of their way just to cause this dispute, to tie us up into legal, uh, legal you know, constraints. And it's been a long-term policy of, you know, uh, right-wing governments and corporations is to, you know, put the union business unions out of um, out of business by tying, by finding us, you know, and taking our assets away from us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So but we've we've held um, our ground, and um, it's still, as I said, it's still an illegal um, case being done now. There's another legal case now too, also, mm-hmm. um, which is about the. You don't need a visa to work in the offshore industry. So um, that was taken to a vote of the Senate. It was done, changed through a regulation of the um, of the uh, government. It was taken to a vote of the Senate about whether they need to have a, um, a visa to work in the offshore. Uh, sorry, in a, in a court case, the full bench ruled that, yes, you do need to have it. it they tried to change it by uh, legislation. It went to the Senate. It was voted down in the Senate, and the next day, Michaela Cash has brought out a regu- change of regulation, which has changed it again. So on that, we've we've um, challenged that issue again, and it's being heard now. But if if we aren't fortunate enough to win that case, that'll finish all the Australian participation in the offshore oil and gas industry. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason why we can't do it. We've been working for 60 years down there in Bass Strait. You know, we've got the people to do it, all the skills you need. You know, and. It's what this federal government wants to do is just wipe out industry after industry just to get rid of unionised workforce. So mm-hmm. this is a... People need to realise this is the first time an Australian government has served to try and... that's sought to drive down the standard of living in this country. Mm-hmm. By wiping out whole industries, you know, just to uh, get rid of unionised workforce. So, I mean, the thing is that when people aren't earning wages, they're going to end up... Businesses are going to go broke. This, this is the first government I've ever known to, to go out to deliberately start, drive the standard of living down here by wiping out industries, bringing people in on inferior uh, work visas, you know, just to drive the standard of living down in this country. Mm-hmm. So how anyone could be thinking of voting for them has got me beat. That was Kevin Bracken from the Maritime Union of Australia wrapping up our show today. We'd like to remind our listeners of the upcoming book launch of Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR. This will be held at the Bella Union Bar in Trades Hall on Friday, May 6th at 6pm. Also, the Young Workers' Centre is holding an important forum at the upcoming Work Forum in Ballarat on May 11th. Make sure to book your place in for this important event. Also, don't miss the upcoming demonstration on May 11th against the cuts to tertiary education. As usual, it will be held at the State Library at 2pm. Well, that'll be all for the show today. I'm Dennis Rogutuk. Thanks for listening to today's episode and make sure to tune in same time next week. <laughs>